Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Well, here we go. Hour number two on this Thursday of mornings uh, without Carmen. Yeah, she's still on vacation. She'll be back in on Monday here on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot, usually her faithful producer. I didn't give a tip of the hat to Ben Holson, our program director at Faith Radio, who's been so kindly filling in for me at the board, at the controls, so I can do this better something like that. Well, as we encourage you always to pray the news and apply the mind of Christ to the matters of the day. Of course, last night, you just heard uh, with uh, with World News, the SIFT, the candidates for the Republican nomination of the in the 2024 presidential candidate, at least most of them, met in person for the first time on Wednesday on a stage in Milwaukee for a debate. The stage had Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence, entrepreneur and activist Vivek... Swami, I, I, I keep getting his name mixed up. My bad, my bad. Also, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, former South Carolina governor and former UN, uh, UN ambassador Nikki Haley was there, former New Jersey governor Chris Christie, former Arkansas governor Asa Hutchins, and North Dakota governor Doug Burgum were all on stage together. Now, I'll be honest, I've not watched the, uh, watched the debate because – I, I kind of like this thing called sleep because I have to get up early to do this show. So, but I did hear a fairly good analysis on world news groups. You know, the people put together the sift we have on here on Faith Radio. Well, they have a uh, they have a podcast called World and Everything in it. They did a pretty good analysis. I commend that to you if you're looking for a good analysis this morning. Meanwhile, the 45th president of the United States, uh, United States expected to be booked into Fulton County, Georgia jail today. Former uh, President Donald Trump plans to turn himself in on criminal charges. He faces racketeering and a dozen of other counts connected with interfering with the Georgia election back in 2020. Now, I don't know if you follow your calendar like this, but it was a year and a half ago today. A year and a half ago was February 24th of 2022. That's when Russia invaded the Ukraine. Again, what people thought would be a short slam dunk battle for Russia has now lasted 18 months. And while Ukraine's summer counteroffensive has not gone as well as hoped for, progress is being made in parts, including under intense Russian shelling, Bradley fighting vehicles supplied to the Ukraine by the U.S., are now playing a critical role in pushing back the Russians. New video from Ukraine's 47th Mechanized Brigade shows Bradley's barreling in, providing cover to a group of pinned-down soldiers. Other videos capture moments when soldiers stepped out of the armored vehicles onto the newly liberated, liberated territory. There, in the village of Robotain, they embraced were embraced by civilians who had been under Russian occupation since the start of the war. Well, also yesterday, this was kind of interesting. Uh, Russian mercenary chief who led the aborted revolt against the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, is believed to be dead. 
Russian state-controlled media says Wagner Group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin was killed in a private plane crash along with nine others on Wednesday just north of Moscow. Prigozhin openly mocked Putin over the handling of the Ukrainian war, and there was widespread speculation in the international community Putin would soon enact revenge, although there's no word on the cause of this crash. You know, since the start of the uh, Russian-Ukrainian conflict, we here on Mornings with Carmen have talked with people inside and outside Ukraine about efforts to help displace peoples and minister to those in need, those who've been under attack. One person we've talked to a few times is Chris Manson. He's a vice president for government relations with with, uh, OSF Healthcare in Peoria, Illinois. Well, shortly after the war started, he felt a call from God to be part of sending an ambulance to Ukraine. Here it is, 18 months later. God has used him to send not just one ambulance, but many ambulances and fire engines and some SUVs as well. And we hope if we get connected with him here in a few moments, we'll be talking with him shortly about what's been happening with ambulance, U.S. ambulances for Ukraine. This is Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. Well, this is Mornings with Carmen. Just without Carmen, I'm Paul filling in, and we're still waiting to get connected with Chris Manson. Now, again, amazing story. We've had him on a few times here on Mornings with Carmen. As he has, let's just put it this way. When God puts something on your heart and on your family's heart, you just go with it, and he did. Now, it was, again, a year and a half ago that the war in in, uh, Ukraine broke out. And as he was watching the news at home, his, his child, I forget if it was a daughter or a son, but child basically said, isn't there something we can do? Now, Chris, his mild-mannered Chris, his main job is to be a, um, he's a government relations VP for OSF Healthcare. It's a, you know, sizable healthcare organization, you know, hospital chain and such, down in Illinois, headquartered in Peoria. And he just felt this thing, you know, he, he was seeing pictures of people being wounded and, and he heard in the news about the fact that uh, ambulances had been damaged. And he's kind of going, well, maybe I can get an ambulance over there. I don't know how. And so he started asking questions. And um, <laughs> he even called up an am- a company that makes and refurbishes ambulances and... You know, he's kind of just timidly asking about, okay, uh, I, I know this sounds crazy, but I'd like to send an ambulance to to Ukraine. And he's thinking the person on the outline is just going to kind of give him this, no, you're click, you know, one of those kind of things. The guy asked, oh, okay, gas or diesel? Gas or diesel? I think I got him on my phone. Anyway, well, uh, <laughs> I think we have Chris calling on that line right now. Hopefully we can get him on our phone line here in uh, just a moment. But again, amazing what he has done and what has been just, again, uh, one possible um, ambulance has turned into many, many possible ambulances. So, 
Okay, they're still working on getting Chris. I, I, I hate telling his story because he tells it so much better than I do. But again, from there, it has uh, been going well. As a matter of fact, Chris has just gotten back a few days ago. Probably a little jet-lagged was part of the problem. But just a few days ago, he, um, he came back from Ukraine, what they called Operation Tagba. Uh, Tabga, Tabga, that would be. Um, and they brought like 14 more ambulances. So we're going to hear from him hopefully in just a few moments here as uh, we get him on the line here at Faith Radio. But again, the idea of a guy working for healthcare, just as an assistant vice president, all of a sudden called of God to lead something that has really just exploded where people have been donating ambulances and then even fire trucks and such. So, again, we are looking forward to talking to Chris here in just a moment here on Faith Radio. Uh, while we wait for him, I'm trying to find my other little bit of news here. Um, I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> it's one of those mornings where things just don't go right on the show. Um, but, again, thank you for uh, listening. To, uh, I did... S- Yeah. Um, anyway, we did. Uh, I saw an article about Tim Tebow. Now, if you've not seen it, there right now is a uh, Netflix show called Untold Swamp Kings, which deals with a situation that happened back in 2027 with, um, well, with a, um, a football player, a football player, Aaron Gonzalez. And it was a fight that broke out at a restaurant called the Swamp. Now, Tim Tebow was with Aaron that night and. He, he feels sorry that he didn't stand up for, for Tim Tebow as well as he did in the incident where people were casting racial slurs against Aaron Hernandez, and it ended up with a fight that happened that got Aaron into some trouble. Well, Tim Tebow said after all these years, he candidly expressed, you know, I blame myself for much of that. He said, I should have gotten, gotten him out earlier and easier. I should have gotten him out faster. I should have done more. I have to, you know, tip my hat to Tim Tebow there. Yeah, he he could have done more, but I'm glad he's understanding that, as a good friend would. We, all, we always struggle with, could we have done more? Yes. But hopefully he doesn't hold himself down there because, you know, just to hopefully he's continuing to be a good friend for Tim Tebow as well. <sighs> Did you have him call on the phone number? <laughs> okay. Okay, let's take a break right now. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. This is Mornings with Carmen, and Chris is finally connected with us, Chris Manson. He is, again, a vice president for government relations for OSF Healthcare in Peoria, Illinois. And 
I won't say the mastermind behind uh, the whole USA ambulances for Ukraine, Chris, because this has been you, – you've been flying by the seat of your pants at so many points in this, but it's been amazing. Yeah, it has. First, I just want to make sure you can hear me okay. I can hear you so fine. Good. I oh, love. I, yeah. Glad to hear your voice. <laughs> well, thanks. Now, thanks for having me. Um, you know, and I, I guess I should be used to this. After um, sending sixty-seven vehicles from the United States to Ukraine, technical difficulties come up all the time, so it should be par <laughs> par for the course. But um, yeah, no, this this is. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the mastermind. I'd say this was inspired by my daughter, yeah. you know, Lily, who, who who asked the basic, simple question, you know, what can we do to help somebody um, when she saw some suffering on TV? But um, I'll be honest, uh, you know, and I've always been close to my faith, but throughout this entire year and a half process, um, there's just indication after indication after indication that I'm simply doing what um, someone way above me wants to be done or yeah. wants to have done. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So inspired by Lily, um, I think, you know, doing the work of uh, uh, somebody else. But, yeah. yeah. Well, what do they say? A child shall lead them? <clears throat> yeah. Something like exactly. that. Okay. Now, you just came back from Ukraine just a couple of days ago. And yeah, the tell 20, yeah, 22nd. Yeah. So tell us about this latest operation, Tabga. Or however it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't tab cut, Yeah, um, no. And I, I heard a little bit while we were struggling to get some connectivity here. I heard you talking about that a little bit. So, um, but yeah, this last um, this last mission was our largest. Um, we were able to send twenty two emergency vehicles to Ukraine, six SUVs, fourteen ambulances, and two fire engines. And basically, we went from. Um, you know, all the vehicles came up from across the country, the United States, shipped overseas uh, from a port on the East Coast, landed in Germany, were trucked from Germany to a staging location in Poland. And then I took a small team of Americans over to Poland and then met with people from Ukraine and people from Poland, um, all volunteers. And we drove those, uh, all 22 of those vehicles we assembled as a convoy, were escorted by the Polish police to the border. And uh, we're able to drive those vehicles into Ukraine and basically distributed those vehicles um, to uh, different military units, um, hospitals or healthcare providers, um, and fire departments around the country. Um, and then while there, um, I went to Kharkiv, which is probably in the farthest eastern part of Ukraine, yeah. I think about 18 miles from Russia, roughly, or 20 miles from Russia, hmm. uh, where... We had two. We had already delivered two fire engines in May, and got a chance to work on those a little bit. There's some, again, I mentioned technical difficulties. There's always little issues and things that 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 come up. So working on those, and we're happy to see those engines, you know, working and stuff. But that was basically the gist of it. Um, Twenty-two vehicles, several tons of um, uh, fire equipment, and a um, few tons of medical supplies. Yeah, that's delivered. the important thing because uh, you. I remember us talking about some of those medical supplies, including stuff to help clotting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's every it's it's basic traumatic. It's it's basic emergency type stuff. So anything that's going to stop bleeding, um, maybe splint a broken bone, um, help someone to breathe, secure an airway. Um, you know, just really basic stuff, you know, you got to be able to breathe and you got to be able to not bleed out. So mm -hmm. it, it's just some of that basic stuff that someone might need in a, in a, in a, in a traumatic type situation. We, we, there's other stuff that gets thrown in there too. I mean, we get hospitals that donate 
different types of surgical trays, stuff mm-hmm. that I, even though I work in healthcare, stuff I, I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but basically I have no real working knowledge of, but just stuff that I know it's important, like in an emergency room or in a, in a, um, a surgery type situation. But there's other medical supplies, but our focus is on those just immediate kind of, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know, what, what a fire department or an, or an ambulance might have in their emergency bag if they showed up on scene of like a car accident. But in this case, it's a gunshot wound or a, it's a bombing type situation. Mm-hmm. Again, we're talking with Chris Manson from USA Ambulances for Ukraine. And okay, how many did you say total ambulances, fire so, trucks and such? So this trip was 22 vehicles total, but that gets us up to 67 total Um was that 52 ambulances, eight fire engines, six SUVs, and one surplus military truck that's, <laughs> that we've delivered so far. And then we've probably got um, promises, pledges, um, things I think are probably pretty certain. We've probably got another 10 more wow. that, that'll be coming. And we've probably got people thinking about it, considering we'll do, let's you know figure it out probably got another 10 to 15 more of that. So we could possibly have another 25 if everything works out, you know, so we're going to try and we're going to try and set our goal at about a hundred. If, if we can hit it, you know, we'll see, but that's kind of where it's at. And that's kind of where that title comes from the this last operation, hmm. you know, the, uh, you know, the miracle of turning the, the uh, what five loaves of bread and two fish into so much more to feed so many. It seems like whenever we've, kind of come up from a come up to a challenge and we've had people asking for you know i need this many more ambulances or we need a fire engine or whatever and we look in our basket and it's kind of empty or in our case we look at our warehouse which is empty right now um we just kind of keep putting our you know the next foot in front of our you know we just keep walking and doing our thing and um lo and behold um you know the good lord seems to provide every single time so um and that i mean that was truly the case last time yeah we had like four or five and we had all kinds of requests and before we knew it we were at 22 and um i now i now i can say with pretty good confidence i mean we said we'll see what happens but i feel confident and comfortable that <laughs> we'll get to wherever let's put it this way we'll get to wherever we need to be yeah. and, and i think maybe, maybe that's the there's the lesson wherever we wherever god wants us to be that's where we'll be and i, I feel confident in that now okay uh chris you talked a little bit ago about you know not that you didn't take your faith seriously but You've how many trips have you gone now to to Ukraine? Uh, this is my sixth trip. Sixth trip, and you've encountered so many people from a variety of, of you know faith backgrounds, yeah. a Christian faith background. In all of this, and we just got like two three minutes here. What has God been doing in your heart and all this? How has He been showing Himself to you? Well, I mean, that's I think that's that's the thing right there. Um, you know, before this. Like I said, I had faith. I go to church, that kind of stuff. Um, but I would always, you know, you, you just, you might wonder a little bit about, like, oh, geez, I wonder if, you know, I, I don't know. You might have a little doubt here or there. I guess what I would say is over the course of this year and a half in these six trips, I would have to be an idiot not to believe in God because he's shown himself so many different times. Whenever we've had, I mean, I had one time where I, was, I, I had nine ambulances and I wanted to have 10 ambulances. I went to church, my, my wife and I prayed for, and my daughter, we prayed, we came home, there's an email from somebody that said, hey, I have an ambulance for you. I call that person, I talk to that person, I talk to him about, well, you're not going to believe this, but I was praying, and, and, you know, Jesus seems like God has delivered this, and he said, well, let me tell you something. I have this illness, I was suffering, I was praying for some some peace and some comfort, 
I, 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 I received some peace and comfort. I finally have had a, a month of, of no pain. And for the first time, I was able to open up a magazine and read and just relax. And when I opened up the magazine, the first thing I read about was an article about U.S. ambulances for Ukraine. Mm. And I had an ambulance, so I decided I wanted to give you one. So I mean, it, I mean, things are going, things are happening before I even think about, before I, before I even pray for something, things are already in motion weeks, months ahead, and and I mean that's just one example, but I mean there are so many examples of things like this. So again, mm-hmm. you know, where I where I now land on it is, um, again, I'd have to, I would literally have to be blind, yeah. or I would literally have to willfully ignore the signs to say, oh, hey. I've got some questions about, or, you know, my faith isn't that strong or something because this year and a half has just done nothing but reinforce that there's a God and he wants you to do something. And if you just want to listen a little bit and have some faith that, you know, things will work out. Amazing. Chris, again, thanks for joining us and working through all the technical difficulties. And if people want to connect with you, I know you're on Twitter, uh, which is ambulance. You, Um, is there another place they can connect with you? Yeah, no, be the yeah, ambulance is you, and then um, I think that's probably that's probably the easiest thing. And then if someone wants to reach out, they, my work email they'll kill me for this, but it's um, <laughs> Christopher Manson at osfhealthcare.org. So if you just want to send, me, you can send me an email, but I could be reached that way. Sounds good. Hey, Chris, thanks again for joining us, and uh, our prayers with you as you continue on this this amazing mission from God. So, well, thanks for having me. It's always great to talk to you guys. I appreciate yeah. it. This is Faith Radio. Well, again, thank you for listening to Faith Radio Mornings Without Carmen. I'm Paul filling in. She'll be back in on Monday. Uh, Back in May, the U.S. Surgeon General sounded an issue, uh, an alarm that is concerning loneliness. Americans are more lonely and socially disconnected than ever. The loneliness epidemic is a serious threat to physical and mental health, so said the Surgeon General, saying social isolation, the objective measure of lacking connection to families, friends, and community, and just loneliness, that subjective measure of feeling disconnected, contributed to a person having higher risks of things such as heart disease, strokes, anxiety, depression, dementia, and makes more people susceptible to infectious diseases. Now, other reports over the last several years, even before COVID, showing U.S. life expectancy was dropping. And the main cause, what were termed deaths of despair. Suicide, drug overdoses, alcoholism, and such. And in, in, while in some ways, thanks to our technology, we seem more connected, we really aren't. We aren't feeling truly connected. Some might say this is overly simplistic, I understand, but much of this is rooted in the problem of sin and how that leads us to broken connections. Next up here on Mornings with Carmen, I'm going to be talking with Justin Whitmill early. We've talked to him other times about his uh, program, The Common Rule, and his book uh, called Habits of the Household. Well, he'll be encouraging us to resist the drift into loneliness and to fight for, to fight for the life of friendship in our lives. This is Faith Radio. Well, again, I'm Paul filling in for Carmen here on Faith Radio on Mornings with Carmen. Already this week, I've referenced some C.S. Lewis stuff. Well, let's do it again, because C.S. Lewis wrote in The Four Loves, friendship arises out of mere companionship. When two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight or interest or or taste, which the other did not, uh, which others do not share, and which, till that moment, each believed to be their own unique treasure or burden. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, what? You too? 
I thought I was the only one. It is when two such persons discover one another. When, whether with immense difficulties and semi-articulate fumblings or with what uh, would seem to us amazing and elliptical speed, they share their vision and then... That friendship, it is then that friendship is born, and instantly they, start, they stand together in an immense solitude. I always wondered what that kind of meant. I mean, I kind of knew, but after uh, reading the uh, portions of Justin Early's new book, Made for People, it really became a lot clearer. Justin joins us now here on Faith Radio. Justin, good morning. Good morning, Paul. I'm so glad to be here. I am glad to have you. All right. As I was reading the book... I was touched by your story about your friend Steve and how you two met. You got you got to tell me that story. You got to tell our listeners that story. Okay, so my life in high school was filled with a lot of nerdiness. I was uh, the what? number one. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go in immense solitude. I was the number one uh, clarinet player. I was still tucking in my t-shirts. Um, life life was. I was a new kid in school, and so I did not have a lot of friends my first year. Mm. And this all changed about a year into school when I met a friend, Steve, and we bonded over hacky sacks and drum sets and skateboards, things that I was trying to work on being cooler at. And uh, and I tell this story at the opening of the book because my life went from a place where I was nervous about everything, I was anxious about everything, everything seemed immensely difficult to suddenly... When I had a friend, everything changed. Not my circumstances didn't change. I mean, I was still in the awkward, strange world of public high school. But standing next to somebody facing that world made the world entirely different. And I remember, I mean, this is decades later now, Paul. My life has been different ever since. Because ever since I've had this feeling that I was made for friendship. Mm-hmm. You, you got to tell the part about when you guys decided to become friends. Officially, well, this is, this is part of my yeah my one of my favorite parts about the story. I'd hope you push into that because we we had bonded uh, some weekend over skateboards and l- learning to play drums together, etc. And then we're standing at the lockers one afternoon, and one of us, I think it was Steve, but neither of us can remember, said, "Would you like to be best friends?" And the other of us said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And we went on our way as if that was a conversation about, you know, whether to go get a Slurpee or not. <laughs> and what, I, what yeah. I really what I really like about that was um, the beginning of friendship often takes some at first awkward signal of intentionality. And I think we totally stumbled into it. But what we found almost immediately was that when you put words to a relationship, you suddenly move out of the vague sense of like, hey, we might have something in common here to that C.S. Lewis moment that you described and saying, wait, you two, you know, mm-hmm. you you two want a journey together through life or you two like these things or you two are interested in this. And really just a tiny bit of intentionality creates that immense solitude that I would argue, Paul, God made us for, mm-hmm. that, that we are actually finding sort of the DNA of our spirituality when we stumble into friendship like this. And I just, I always cherish that moment because I feel like the Lord led us there and showed me something incredible early 
in life. And that was that I, I was spiritually made for friendship. And that's why this moment felt so significant. Mm. Again, we're talking with Justin Whitmill early, his new book, Made for People, Why We Drift into Loneliness and How to Fight for a Life of Friendship. Now, you, you just brought the whole thing you were created for this. And, you know, usually when you think about books, biblical books, especially on friendship, a lot of people will go to uh, the story of, say, like, um, Oh, I don't know, Jesus and his disciples, or let's go to the mm-hmm. story of David and Jonathan. You yeah. you go right to the beginning. You go right to Genesis, which is which is cool in many respects, because first off, you blew my mind on this one, because you, you really made it look like when you, okay, so God is creating things, and he says, you know, this is good, this is good. And oftentimes we read that, and we just hear one voice saying, good. And you, you painted the picture for, for me, of no 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 father son and holy spirit together singing in chorus good i mean all three voices thundering together at each of these points until one point when there's that not good moment i want you to pick up from there because that is important to the whole idea of uh, humans needing friendship it's so important because you can go to jesus and his disciples you, you know you can go to Ruth and Naomi, to mm-hmm. Jonathan and David, and you can pick out through the Proverbs virtues of friendship, and, and many people do, but that that's sort of all in the specifics of other people's relationships and what we can glean. But when you look at Genesis, you see this incredibly theologically significant moment where God, the Trinity, is echoing good over creation, and then suddenly... In chapter two, we have this verse of God looking at Adam before Eve is created. And God says to Adam, it is not good that you are alone. And while we might be used to that verse because we've heard it so many times, if you compare it in the drumbeat of good, 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 that said so many times through Genesis one, this is the first time in the Bible that not good is said. Right. And so it should get our attention, right? And it's drawing our attention to a point where God is looking at Adam and saying, you are lonely, you're alone, which, Paul, is strange because God is there saying it to him, right? <laughs> I mean, imagine imagine I'm on a date with my wife and I'm like, hey, this is great, except I'm so lonely. What is she going to think? Like, hey, why? Yeah. Like, I'm here, you know? Well, that, um, that's we- the thing, Justin. I mean, all, oftentimes they think, well, I have God, I have everything I need, which, okay, there is some truth to that. Yes, But yes. All of a sudden, here is God. He's creating somebody to be his image on earth. And he sees what first was created was incomplete. Wasn't That's right. God made us to have relationships with other people. And I know a lot of people say, well, that's just talking about the marriage relationship. No, 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 no. You go further. No. You go further. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's more. I mean, it is that. And, and there's so many things here. This is why I think Genesis is probably my favorite book in the Bible, honestly, just to continue to draw out the concentric themes of it. But one of the things that's happening here is simply God looking at Adam and saying, it's not good that you're alone. So the way that I would, I would say it like this, God is saying to him, I made you so that you can experience me until you experience me alongside others. And Mm -hmm. and that is the theological note that we need to pick up and see, oh, part of the, a deep theme of the whole Bible is that alone we are not enough to experience who God is because we were made to experience him in community. And that explains, Paul, why 
when we look out on modern America today, really the modern West, we see bodies, lives, mental health, emotional and spiritual health falling apart because we live lives of isolation. It totally explains the medical stats that are otherwise startling, kind of like, mm-hmm. wait, why is that happening? But it, it's happening because you were created for a good life that happens in plurality, in community, in deep friendship. And when we abandon that, we fail spiritually and we fail physically. Okay. As we continue our conversation, Justin, we see what God created. We have to deal with what happened after the creation to understand how what we need to fight against. So we'll con- pick up there in, th- in 90 seconds here on Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. If you're going to fight for friendship, you need to know what you're fighting against. Hey, I'm Paul, filling in for Carmen here on Faith Radio. And Justin Whitmel early is joining us again. Oh, we've enjoyed talking to Justin many times. Uh, Right now, his new book is out called Made for People, Why We Drift into Loneliness and How to Fight for a Life of Friendship. Uh, Justin, we were talking just a little bit ago about what God created and how he made us relational beings. You opened up a lot in that segment, but now we have to deal with the issue of what we're fighting against because what God made good has been broken. Tell, Tell us about that. Yeah, there's this beautiful moment at the end of Genesis 2, right after Eve joins the party, so to speak, yeah. where you see that Adam and Eve are naked and unashamed. They're pr- present with God and everybody is there. And w- I think there's a, just a wonderful signal there that this is the life we were made for, yeah. um, the Edenic place where we're fully known, you know, naked, we're visible, right? So this is m- metaphorically and and in reality. But we we are known and there is no shame. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing um, is that that's exactly what we lose in the fall. So you immediately start to see the fig leaves of hiding from each other, the bushes of hiding from God. And I, I what I try to point out in the book is that the first two consequences of the fall are relational consequences. We tend to now withdraw from each other, and we tend to hide from God, which is to say that sin has put us in a place where we are now scared to be in the vulnerable, loving relationships we're made for. And that is a lens that will kind of explain the world to you. This is this is why what we need in our problems is each other, mm-hmm. but what we find in our problems is we withdraw from each other. And so this is a predicament until yeah. Jesus comes along. Okay. And this There's is where the gospel brings us out of this. But I'll let, I'll pause there. No, that's where I wanted to go next. The whole issue of okay, how does how does Jesus change this? I mean, the gospel changed this. Yeah. So I mean, and now you can imagine the fast forward button being hit, you know, and all the old testament squiggles of how <laughs> of how badly we do. When we send, you know, when we hide from each other and hide from God, the Old Testament is a story of, you know, God tracking down His people, but much of our failings. 
And so when what what I think is so beautiful, um, I never understood the John 15 passage, I have called you friends until I was working through this book. And when you read John 15 and Jesus's speech, he's at the Last Supper with his disciples, telling them some of the most important stuff that he'll ever tell them. And he says to them, I, I call you friends because I've disclosed everything to you that the Father has made known to me. And greater love has none than this, that someone lay down their life for their friends. And he goes on to say, you know, you didn't, you might not have chosen me, but I chose you. And there's so much to pick apart in this passage. But if you, if you rearrange it, if you look at it, you see the echoes of the two things we just talked about. Jesus is saying that I know you fully and I've made myself known fully to you. I've disclosed everything to you. That's why I called you friends. So Jesus is bringing back this idea of being fully known, you know, of removing the fig leaves. We know he's disclosed everything about himself and he sees us to our hearts. And then he goes on to say, and despite your shame, despite your sin, I love you anyway. I'm committed to you. I'm committed unto death for you. And so we see, you know, what we lost in this garden, in the Garden of Eden, was being fully known and loved anyway. And what Jesus is giving us back and calling friendship is this idea of being fully seen by him and yet loved anyway. And I think that's, Paul, where you get a really important click moment. And you realize that, oh my gosh, one, the gospel of Jesus is an act of friendship mm -hmm. that should signal something to us. And number two, that explains to us what a real friendship is, a real friendship, which is beyond mere companionship, which is beyond mere uh, a network or a work contact, is someone who knows you really and yet loves you anyway. And so that's my working definition of friendship for the rest of the book. How do we be the sort of the Christ-like presences to each other who know each other fully and love each other anyway, because that's how we embody the gospel to each other on a normal day-in, day-out basis. Okay. Again, we're talking with Justin Whitmill early. His new book is called Made for People. And from here, okay, Jesus brings the ability to fight against the sin and the drift, because I love the image you have about your son <laughs> out there yeah. on the coastline. You better tell that, because... Without yeah, intentionality, like, there's drift. <laughs> people think I'm in a bad parent, but no, you know, we, no, no, it happened a couple years ago. They already know. If any of my readers know, I'm a you know, struggling parent because they read Habits <laughs> of Households. So. <laughs> um, we're at the beach a couple years ago, and um, one of my sons, my third son, Coulter, just loved to hang out in the water. And so we'd all be playing on the sand. He'd be bobbing in his life jacket in the water. And I look up from our sand capsules. You know, he's he's like it seems like half a mile down the beach, you know, just drifting in the current. And I'd, I'd run and get him. I'd put him back, look up. It had happened again. And I just had this epiphany moment. I was like, oh, this is this is what currents are. This is happening because currents exist. Currents are the thing that move you down the shoreline of life unless you do something else. Or like in this story, unless you have a parent or someone that loves you, who's bigger than you and stronger than you, to run down and get you. And I, what I want readers to take away is that we're way more like Coulter than we think. We are drifting in a current of loneliness in American life. And it is now the norm that you become not just lonely, but lonely to the extent that it impacts your health. Unless somebody saves you out of that current, mm -hmm. you either got you got to be a, like a grown boy or a man, you know, a woman and swim against that, or you need a savior. Um, and I'm, you know, what I'm saying in this book is that Jesus is the one who runs down the shore life of life and, and the shoreline of life and pulls us out of that current and says, one of the 
key th- you know meanings of salvation is that i've set you back to a life of friendship friendship with god and friendship with others and and as we all know you know salvation and sanctification is you know one part being saved from the current and one part saying hey because you saved me from that current i'm now going to swim against it with other people too and most of the book is about well how do we actually do that then? right if right. jesus really has if salvation is an act of friendship and we're made in Eden for friends and that's what we lost and that's what Jesus is giving us back, how would we actually start swimming against the current and pulling mm-hmm. others along? And those are the arts and habits of friendship. Right. I knew you were going to bring the word habit up. I knew you were going to bring yeah. the word habit because it's just you. I mean, but it's not legalistic habits. It's you You build these things in so there's the natural ability for friendships and relationships, connections to be made. In the final about two minutes, I'll give you two minutes here. Talk about covenantal friendship. I signal the idea of covenant friendship because probably everybody out here is listening and saying, "Hey, it's common sense that we want friends, but why, you know, why is this so spiritually important?" And you know, Paul, all of what we just said can be summarized in the idea of covenant friendship. So I'm trying to offer people a word to say what we are talking about in spiritual friendship in Christianity is different than what you can do on Facebook with a click. This is this is not a relationship that is easy, but it is a relationship that will spiritually change your life. And so like the conversation at the locker with my friend Steve, words matter. When you apply a word to something, suddenly it pulls out of life and you say, oh, this is something here. And I'm trying just to humbly offer readers a, a phrase to say, there's a kind of relationship in your life that is unlike any other. It's it's something more significant than companionship. And friendship used to mean that to the Greeks and the classicists. And this is what C.S. Lewis was trying to recover in his essay. And I'm just trying to say, hey, covenant friendship is what you mean. It's when you love, you know, know someone fully and love them anyway, like Christ did for us. That is worth pursuing in your life. It will actually save your life. Mm-hmm. And even getting into it, it may seem like those semi-articulate fumblings, but as it was for you and Steve, because you, you mentioned Steve in several places, you guys are still so well connected after all these years, are able to speak into each other's lives because you have the covenant with each other. That's right. So That's right. Friendship takes a little bit of promising and a lot of work and a lot of forgiveness, but that's what Jesus taught us. So lo- my claim is go live in it. And even some semi-articulate fumbling, so... Anyway, Justin, thank you again for joining us here on Mornings with Carmen. Again, Justin's new book is Made for People, Why We Drift Into Loneliness and How to Fight for a Life of Friendship. Justin, again, thanks for joining us on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Paul. So fun to be here. All right. This is Faith Radio. Well, again, as we talk about friendships, hopefully you're thinking about that closer relationship with God. And Susie Larson wants to help you with that. Her new book is called Closer Than Your Next Breath, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? Because there's sometimes, he seems silent. He isn't, but it, it, our perceptions, oh, we need the help. And Susie offers just that. Now, here at Faith Radio, thanks to our friends at W Publishing, we have 100 copies this month we're giving away. And if you'd like to get in on that drawing, you have to do it a little differently than usually when we do drawings. You go directly to myfaithradio.com. And you can enter there, again, at myfaithradio.com. And while there, you know, check out some of our other offerings, including the verse of the day, which we'd love to send you. I, I You know, when I, when I started the show this morning, looking at our, our good news, or our, our, rather our uh, Growing Your Faith verse of the day, 
That's what's, what it is. And you get to see it in a beautiful scripture graphic emailed to you every morning. You can sign up for that too at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, I'm Paul filling in for Carmen. Remember, Carmen returns on Monday. I'll be back tomorrow. And, uh, well, we'll talk, we'll talk uh, social media with Chris Martin and also talk to Than Bennett, who, if you haven't heard his weekend show, The Equipped, yeah, you can hear that here on Faith Radio as well. He joins us tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.